0: Welcome to the Humans and Earth Podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It is time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Helen Claire Harmon, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome back to Humans and Earth. This is an episode just with me today, Helen Claire Harmon. I'm offering some thoughts today on the validity and the actionability of your compassion. If you are hearing this episode before June 14th of 2021, I invite you to consider Enrolling in my new e course, Collaboration with Earth Support and Strategies for Your Reverent Regenerative Service. You can learn about it at humansandearth.com on the courses tab. And if you're interested in the course and enrollment has closed, then just make sure you're on my newsletter list at humansandearth.com. I will be offering the course again in the future. What I want to offer you today is a conversation drawing attention to the important reality that the compassion that you feel, the heart-based compassion you feel for life, for people, for our planet, for animals and plants and ecosystems, it is valid we have developed a very mistaken trend in certainly Western and developed and industrialized cultures, but I'm pretty certain that this occurs worldwide. It is a trend of labeling compassion and care as unrealistic, unintellectual, irrational, airy-fairy, bleeding heart, or all the other wrong, misguided labels that get applied to compassion. I started talking about this a little bit on Instagram this week. You can follow me there at School Humans Earth if you want more casual conversation on topics related to regeneration and thriving for people and planet. But I want to talk about this in a more focused way right now. And I'll ask you, have you had the experience of expressing care or compassion and then someone else shutting you down with a dismissive comment. Maybe you expressed care for a plant or an animal, for the earth, for environmental causes, for human health and well-being, for prioritizing life instead of profit. That's a whole other topic, but I really believe we are beginning to develop economic understandings that prioritize life and allow for profit. And you can look into green economics and ecological economics if you're interested in that. I think that the ebook on my website, Informed Optimism gives some suggestions about how to learn about the, not just the green sustainable economy, but about ecological economics. Anyway, that is a topic for another day. But you have probably had the experience, I'm guessing, of expressing compassion or care for a person, a plant, an animal, an ecosystem, the earth, a cause, and hearing someone make a dismissive comment indicating that you're being unrealistic or the value or ethic you're articulating would be all well and good, except it's just not compatible with how things work in the real world, or it's not economically feasible. I like to remind people that we decide how things work in the real world. We decide what is economically feasible. Our economies are our own creations. They are structures of our own design. And so if we choose to monetarily value life and compassion, then that's simply a choice that we can make. And in fact, there are all kinds of endeavors globally that are bringing value to life, to compassion, to sustainability and regeneration. So that's very exciting. But what I'm really focusing on here today is your own experience of whether or not you feel that your compassion is valid and actionable. I really like a discussion of this in Mark Beckoff's book, Rewilding Our Hearts. Beckoff talks about how he was in Australia several years ago and was talking with the environmental scientist Hayden Washington. And I'm quoting here from Beckoff. After I mentioned that I was sick and tired of people who cared about animals, having to apologize for their compassion and empathy, Hayden said something that really moved me. People should not have to apologize for their sense of wonder. I really love the fact that Beckoff, as an ecological scientist, raises this topic. And I know that when I discuss Beckoff's book with students, I continually have people who want to talk about that page in the book because I think many of us have had this experience of feeling that our compassion towards some other being is valid, and then being dismissed, put down, or criticized by someone else. Again, I'll mention, we can change the culture on this. It is simply a choice of what we value collectively as humans. Do we value the ways that we judge things intellectually, or are we ready to place more and more value on the indications of our hearts? I have definitely come to believe that our hearts are our best guides, and we're in fact learning some really interesting things about this as scientists discover that the gut brain access, for example, in our nervous system is often giving us emotional indicators about our perception and our reality that are very important. And oftentimes those emotional indicators are heart-based, they are compassion-based, they are love and care-based. It certainly looks to me like there is no way we are going to heal ourselves and our planet without compassionate hearts because when we shut down our compassion, that is when we accept pollution, ecosystem degradation, the suffering of people and animals. When we allow our heart's compassion to speak to us, we then make decisions that are regenerative, sustainable, collaborative, We truly could turn things around on this planet in a short number of years as soon as more and more of us decide to listen to the indications, the inklings, the yearnings, the teachings of our compassionate hearts. Now, if you live in today's typical culture, then you may need to practice reopening your compassion because you almost certainly have had experiences of it being shut down by you or by others. You may even find that feeling or expressing compassion at times can seem unfamiliar or stilted or even shameful because we do receive a lot of messages from our education and our culture and other people that it's simply a waste to be too compassionate, too caring. Again, as I mentioned, people label that as being unrealistic or irrational. I'd like to offer you three things to explore if you would like to expand your sense of the validity of your compassion. The first step is to spend some time in discernment. What does open your heart with compassion and care? You may be well aware of this. This may be uh, in the forefront of your consciousness, or it may not. So what is it that arouses your compassion? The needs of people, of plants, of animals, of an ecosystem or community. Spend some time quietly, listening internally and observing, what is it that opens your heart? Where do you feel moved to help and heal yourself and others? And as you do this, give yourself some encouraging messages that if you feel a compassionate call to contribute to the regeneration of human life on planet Earth, and the lives of plants and animals and ecosystems and the whole planet, that's valid. That's honorable. That's actually who we are as humans. We are designed to be caring, loving, compassionate, empathic, interconnected, interdependent, honoring life. So we may all have had experiences where this has been shut down, But please keep in mind that this is our true identity. So nurture it and cultivate it. Honor that within yourself. If you feel a call to build a garden for children or the elderly or assist a neighbor with weatherizing their home or if you want to do some writing or other creative act that is in honor of restoring the human-earth relationship and human care for the natural world, or if there's something that you want to do in your workplace, I mean, the options are absolutely endless, please know this is valid. This is not a peripheral thing. It's not airy-fairy. It's not unintellectual. It's valid. It's crucial. It may even be crucial to who you are and what your life path is and what your purpose is in this lifetime. So step two, after you've done some next level discernment about what does arouse your compassion, step two is to act with compassionate conviction. It is time for those of us who believe in the leadership of the compassionate heart to stop allowing others to shut us down. I feel like I need to say that again. It is time for those of us who believe in the leadership of the compassionate heart to stop allowing others to shut us down. Voice your compassion to yourself, voice it to others and claim its identity, claim its validity. If people around you have a reflex to tell you, well, that's not very realistic, is it? Or, yeah, it would be really nice if that could happen, but we're not gonna see that in our lifetime. If you get any of those dismissive or kind of sidelining comments, respond in a new way. Too many of us are accustomed to being shut down by those kinds of comments, not making any response. So I urge you, test a new response. Say something like, actually, I believe my compassion is really valid and actionable, and what I am doing now to enact my compassion is this. Or respond with a thoughtful question. What if it's not true that that's not possible in our lifetimes? When it comes to acting with compassionate conviction, this step two that I'm suggesting If your daily life is not leaving room for compassion for people and plants and animals, then it's probably time for you to consider how you can shift that. Is there some way that you want to be providing more compassionate care to yourself, to other people, to plants, to animals, to your local ecosystem, maybe to a distant ecosystem, maybe you want to be engaging in a compassionate heart-centered dialogue with planet earth this is very possible one of the humans and earth podcast episodes the interview with rachel Fotenhauer, gives a beautiful meditation for connecting with earth it's something i believe we're really called to do in the 21st century anyone can do it and so Again, if your daily life is not leaving room for compassion for people, plants, animals, ecosystems, planet Earth, then you may be at a time when you want to consider how you can shift that. And that might mean you make quite a significant life change, or it might mean that you make a smaller life change. Maybe you adopt an animal or plant some native plants, that provide habitat and food for native bird and insect species. Maybe you start a new initiative in your workplace. This is the type of thing that we are going to be delving into in my new course that opens in mid-June. And again, if you're hearing this after mid-June of 2021, I'll be offering the course again. It's called Collaboration with Earth, Support and Strategies for Your Reverent Regenerative Service. The course is all about attuning to your regenerative vision for how you feel called to contribute to the co-creation of regeneration and healing for the human species and all of the beings on this amazing planet we call Earth. So the course nurtures you in tuning into your vision, cultivating reverent relationship and discovering ways to not only design your contribution to the world, but offer it so that you feel very nurtured and supported and sovereign, not burned out or exhausted. So actually step three that I suggest for today, the first step being, listen, what is it that arouses your compassion? And are you giving space for hearing your own compassionate heart? Step two, Act with compassionate conviction. Let's stop letting others shut us down. Let's voice our compassion and claim its validity. Step three is to cultivate reverent relationship with yourself and other beings so that you remain in compassion, you increase the flow of compassion, and you join all of us who are working together to reignite the human heart human compassion for plants for animals for ecosystems for our planet for the invisible beings of nature reverent relationship does start with yourself and it involves recognizing the sacredness of your life your existence your soul mission and the sacred validity of your needs and desires. Reverent relationship with other beings, whether it's your cat or dog or fish, your family member, your colleague, a tree, plant, shrub that you care for, an ecosystem, the planet, a whole species of animals. Reverent relationship with other beings means that you are recognizing the sacredness of your own life, the sacredness of their lives, and all beings' right to live in harmonious interdependence without being damaged or parasitized or dominated by others. Reverent relationship is truly one of our sacred pathway solutions out of our current human and environmental crises because... When we come into reverent relationship for plants, animals, other people, ecosystems, and our planet, we will very, very quickly repair the damage that we have done and choose to live in ways that are not only sustainable, but also regenerative and reverent because we recognize that all life is truly sacred Everything that is alive and present here on this planet deserves not only to exist, but to flourish in harmony, in interdependence, free from domination. So those are the three steps I recommend in order for you to experience your compassion as valid and actionable. One is to discern What does arouse and elicit your compassion? Two is to act with compassionate conviction and speak up, whether mildly or more powerfully, when other people discount compassion. Step three is to cultivate reverent relationship with yourself and other beings so that we increase this cycle of compassionate interdependence. I truly believe that we can change the global conversation around what counts as realistic, intelligent response to the world. I have quite a lot of training as a historian. I have spent years teaching the history of the Western tradition. So I know something about how cultures develop and shift. And very often it's simply a matter of human choice. What do we value collectively? We have lived through some centuries where the primary thing that was valued was intellectual judgment and perceived monetary value. We can change this. It is simply a matter of more and more of us cultivating our own compassion, valuing it, not shutting it down within ourselves or others, speaking it aloud, acting with compassionate conviction, and cultivating reverent relationship. I really believe that as you individually practice this, you will encounter other people who are, you will recognize you are in good company, and you will begin to see there is truly a global movement of compassion and reverence for life occurring. There is a global movement of compassion and reverence for life occurring. Actually, humanity has never co-created as much compassion as exists right now, I believe. And I've talked with others who believe that also. So, you know, coming back to my recent episode on wise focus, please, please do not get caught up in focusing only on the problems and the tragedies of the world. They are real. They deserve our attention. But the way that we heal and resolve them is through wise focus, through noticing the healing and regeneration that are occurring and keeping our focus on the contours, the facets, the features of the world we desire to live in. Humans create based on what we have in mind. So if you want to participate in co-creating a more compassionate world in which we are regenerating people and planet, then the wise focus is really important. Your own compassionate heart, your own compassionate conviction are really important. And I can pretty much guarantee that as you walk this path, you will find others who are doing the same. So many books have been written on this subject. So many nonprofit organizations are working with compassion for the renewal and regeneration of life, whether that is in a particular neighborhood or city, focused on particular human needs, the needs of a particular group, whether it's focused on conservation of a particular animal species or an ecosystem. So much good is occurring and all of us can become more and more aware of one another's compassionate hearts, compassionate conviction, and healing regenerative endeavors. Thanks for listening today. thank you for listening to humans and earth please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs you'll find social media links in the show notes to explore our other offerings visit www.humansandearth.com Read Humans and Earth's ebook on informed optimism? It's called A Guide to Informed Optimism Things to Know and Explore to Feel Hopeful About the Human Future with Earth. It's time to be aware that although our problems are serious, healing solutions are already in place. If you hear only the bad news, you might feel hopeless. But once you realize that all around the planet, people are changing the human presence from damaging to restorative, you can feel inspired instead. This is informed optimism, being alert to the need for Earth's restoration and becoming excited about how much progress we're already making while discovering how you can participate. Explore a guide to informed optimism Things to know and explore to feel hopeful about the human future with Earth, to learn about eight global movements that are restoring the human Earth relationship, regenerating Earth's systems, and creating jobs and well being for people. Eight initiatives with the potential to create enormous healing for people and planet regenerative food production, renewable energy, renewable and regenerative manufacturing, regenerative land care natural wellness approaches, communication with Earth's beings, and more. Informed Optimism Inquiry Questions throughout the ebook help you consider how you feel as you learn about restorative solutions, how you would like to see them advance, and how you are attracted to participate. Find Informed Optimism at www.humansandearth.com slash courses. It's only $7.